This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. Welcome to Bite Size on Get Started Investing. In this series, we feature some of our favorite lessons, quotes, and moments from the podcast. If you'd like to listen to the full episode, we've included the link in the show notes. We love to uh, start these conversations by hearing about people's first investments. We generally find there's a good lesson or a good story that comes out of it. So to kick us off today, can you tell us the story of your first investment? Gosh. Um, so, you know, just by way of background, I I don't come from an investing family. I was born and raised in India. Um, I'd never owned a stock in my life. My parents didn't own stocks. I graduated college with debt. And my first job in the investment world was working for a legendary investor named Stan Druckenmiller at Duquesne. And I still remember to this day that my first interview with him, uh, you know, I had no idea who he was. And as embarrassing as, as that is, it was incredibly intimidating once you figured out who he was <laughs> and you had the investing background that I did or the lack thereof. And, and every day you sort of, I think, had that feeling that we've all experienced of, of, you know, imposter syndrome. We kind of felt somewhere between lucky and you felt like you didn't really um, deserve the job. But the guy I worked for, so this is the year 2005, um, 2006, a year out of college, the guy I worked for sent me off to a investment conference. There's annually uh, a big gaming conference called E3 used to be held in LA, probably still is. And he sent me off there to figure out uh, between Sony and Microsoft, who was going to win this round. The console upgrade cycles in the gaming industry occurs every five or 10 years. And we were approaching the next big one. And it's exactly the kind of thing you send your most junior analysts off to do because rarely can you just show up at a conference and figure out the answer. And, you know, he didn't want to go. Understandably, he sent me off to it and he had a very clear mission he, uh, and very clear direction. He said, it's going to be either Sony or Microsoft. Those are the two big dogs. Just go figure out which of those two looks like it's got a higher chance of success. The instructions couldn't have been clearer. I was maybe six months on the job. I show up there. I tried out the Sony systems. I tried out the Microsoft systems. You know, if you played PlayStations and Xbox, it's kind of more of the same. And on my way home on that first day of the conference or, or way back to the hotel, I ran into the guys over at Nintendo. And uh, the line at the Nintendo station started off small in the morning. And by the end of the day, it was wrapping around the block. You know, I'm the kind of person when I see a really long line at a restaurant, I want to get on that line, right? I, I'm never the kind of person who wants to go to the restaurant where you can get, get your sandwich really quickly because that, that makes me skeptical. And so I got on that line. And back then, this was so early that it, their console system hadn't even been called uh, the Wii yet. It was called Nintendo Revolution. And it was truly a revolution. It was something completely different. And uh, I tried it out. And I thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever played. And I grew up as a PlayStation kid. You know, I grew up in college, staying up late, playing Halo on the on, on friends Xboxes. I had a PS3. You know, playing every uh, countless hours of GTA. And so I was a hardcore gamer, uh, PC gamer, all of it. And the Nintendo system was anything but. 
But I remember just thinking this had the potential to beat out Sony and Microsoft, which at the time was such a, a heretical thought that the next day my boss called me and he said, well, which is it, Sony or Microsoft? I couldn't muster up the energy to tell him I thought it was Nintendo. I did my work that day on what is the story behind Nintendo? And I had concluded by the end of this trip that it was not Sony or Microsoft, that I thought it was worth putting all of our chips on Nintendo. I got back and it's hard to describe the, the, the feelings, but uh, you know, not only did you have to have the courage of making a big stock pitch uh, when you were already kind of insecure, not having the kind of background people around you did, but you were now also pitching a stock that was neither of the two that your <laughs> boss distinctly told you to go out and research. And describing it was also a little bit counterintuitive because it was, you know, you hold the controller and you whack things around and it's, it was nothing like what we'd been used to. The stock at the time was about 14,000 yen and we bought about a hundred million dollars worth. <laughs> um, over the next year and a half, Nintendo went to 70,000 yen. It was a five-fold return. And, you know, I'll take some credit for getting us in the stock. I'll take zero credit for getting us out. That was that was the genius of, of, of the people that I worked for. And so more or less, we bought the stock Nintendo at its low when no one expected these guys to do anything. Cause for 20 years, they had always been kind of a, a third tier, not even a second tier, a third tier behind Sony and Microsoft uh, to a fivefold return. I'll never forget the whole experience because it's a reminder of, of how important luck is, but you know, it's like that old story where you got to sort of be there. A lot of other people, you know, probably didn't go to the conference. I think if you had just been to the conference, you would have seen the product. Mm. But it also was a reminder that no matter how young or inexperienced you are, you know, you shouldn't sell yourself short. I think it would have been too tempting. And I've run into this temptation many, many years uh, thereafter, which is, you know, you, you often, when you've got doubts in your head, you will cede to the person in the room with experience. There's nothing that pains more as an investor to have not followed your instinct. If you enjoyed that bite size, you'll find a link to the full episode in the show notes. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have physicians in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.